Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. Very excited to be here for another rousing edition of Red Rock Relationships. And as the man said, I'm your host, uh, Dr. James B. Stein. Uh, again, this is just our second re- our, our second relationship episode. So just as a brief reminder, um, I'm a, prof- uh, a professor here at Dixie State University in the uh, Human Communication Department. Last week, we spent some time sort of situating the podcast in terms of how we can come to understand the world and how we can better develop our knowledge about relationships. And so everything that we do from this point on is going to be situated within that context. And so it is my great pleasure to have our very first episode that consists of more than just the sound of my voice. I'm joined by two um, really bright authors who uh, co-authored a fantastic book. I'm going to make sure that I get the name of this book right. 15 Rules for a Loving, Lasting, and Satisfying Relationship. Janet and Stephen Hall. It's so great to bring you here out on the pod. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Thank you. Doing great. It's good to be here. Uh, We're very excited to have you here on the pod. And um, just as a little bit of background before we dive into things, um, most of my guests I had to like knock on their door and like reach out to them, please, please come on the podcast, please talk about relationships. But you all were nice enough to reach out to me and offer your services, which is super appreciated. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came across the podcast? How did we come across the podcast? I don't, James, I don't remember we how were we just did. searching around. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. We, we reach out to so many. Again, we're trying to promote the book. It's a yeah. great book, and it's been helping a lot of people. So we've been uh, reaching out to uh, try to get the, the word out. So mm-hmm. I can't quite remember. Yeah, I remember it happened in uh, maybe January or February or something like that. And then the world fell apart. So there was a mild distraction. I don't blame you for not remembering exactly where this came from. Yeah. Um, Well, we're we're thrilled to have you here. And I'm especially excited because one of the things that I want to make sure we do on this show is bring people from different spaces, not only different physical spaces, but different um, uh, mentalities and different mindsets. I wanna bring everybody together into, um, into the world of communication and into the discussion of relationships. So before we get into the book, I really wanna know a little bit about the two of you, um, how y'all came together, how y'all got the idea to write this book, what inspired you to write it, um, and, and where in your uh, lives and mindsets you are and were when when this book was composed. Let me start. Sure. All right. So we were uh, we actually met when we were fifteen and sixteen. She was fifteen. I was sixteen. We learned. We think we learned early to be able to communicate, and we we kind of stumbled on it. And so over after forty three years, we decided that we're would put to this together right and uh, so we were i'm a nursing home administrator janet's uh, an rn and so we you know we know a lot about healthcare, a lot about leadership uh we've been through a lot as a as a family we lost a daughter when she was 28 so we had sorry. a son who was uh injured in iraq mm. and so just you know so we haven't it's not one of those and we came from a poor background as well so it's one of the things where we just didn't stumble on it we we, we learned a lot as we went along, and we think we want to get together and put it 
in, in a book. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, so it's not just what I do. I theorize about relationships and I write up research reports. You all are out here living the book that you put together. I think that's awesome. Yeah, we realized probably two years ago mm-hmm. that we had a story that we went through so much in the 41 years that at that point that we were together mm-hmm. that, um, you know, people would ask us, how do you stay together after going through so much failed businesses, things that would have, and, and have torn apart a lot of people that we know, um, we survived it. And yeah, we thought if we survived it, you know, how did we do that? Let's put it in a book and let's try to help somebody else. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, just to start us off, before we start talking about the book itself, uh, I, I want to give a, just a little factoid. Uh, remember, we're out here in St. George, Utah, and this is a very unique area. Okay. Um, it's so unique, uh, believe it or not, that when it comes to things like marriage, which is, you know, when you talk about relationship satisfaction, typically married couples are the most satisfied compared to, you know, people who are dating or just cohabitating. The interesting thing about mm-hmm. St. George, Utah, and Utah as a state is that Utah is the state in which people get married at the youngest average age all across the country, about 26 for men and 24 for women. This is when people tend to get married. And Utah also happens to have the highest population of married individuals at 56.1%. Those are pretty impressive numbers uh, from a marriage perspective. But what it also means is that this is a group of people who could really benefit from the the tips, the tricks, the um, notions that are put forth in your book. And what's great about your book is, I, I read it, it's a very short read. Um, so it's, it's, it's quick, it's concise, uh, it's very reasonably priced on Amazon. Um, and so I very much enjoyed the read because of the theory that it incorporates either intentionally or unintentionally. Um, but from a, from a non-theoretical perspective, taking me out of it, basically, can you all give me just a quick rundown of, of the book, what it's about, and maybe the, the key takeaway message or messages that you would like folks to, to carry, carry away when they read it? Well, we, we put together the book. Really, we, as we just figured that, you know, if you hear from friends, that they were really kind of figure out what is the secret, what is our secret. So we sat down and we kind of drilled down and figured out what it was. Yeah. And we were actually uh, 26 and 24 is pretty pretty old. Yeah. We were married at 18. 18. So <laughs> we've been married now 40 years as of last week, last week or so. Yeah. And our 40th anniversary. And wow. so it is a great book. It's it's about understanding what it, what it takes a real foundation for a relationship. And we say with the 15 rules that you, you need all 15 rules to, in order to get it. You can't, 14 out of 15 isn't going to do it. But it, it kind of breaks down how to communicate, what you, what kind of communication you need. You need early on in a, rela- in a relationship. And then uh, how to cut out the drama, those kind of things. Um, well, we're hoping that, you know, it gives people the foundation to, you can step by step go through the rules and just enhance your own relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not, you know, not every couple is doing all 15 rules. Maybe you're doing 12 or 13 and there's a couple that you missed or, you know, maybe you are doing 15, but not with the, I don't know, the level of gusto that you are hoping that you're doing them with. And so this could be a potential opportunity to expand the skills that we already have and develop new skills that, that we're currently working on. 
Is that, is that or, close? Or, or, yeah, or simple things you haven't even thought about. Because the one thing that really seems to be hitting everybody is we talk about compliment, how one of the rules is just compliment. Mm -hmm. And how many people have come back and said, wow, I never thought of that. I just, yeah, I, I, I just don't do that, that enough. I started doing that. And how it's making a huge difference. Yeah, well, I have a very interesting study that I want to share. I got this from uh, prepareinrich.com. It was a meta study of, of a variety of different relationship studies. And so the, the final sample size that they used was 25,000 um, couples, happy couples and unhappy couples. And I, I don't think it's going to surprise you to hear this when I say it. The number one top 10 sh strength of a happy couple and the number one uh, thing that unhappy couples are missing is of course communication satisfaction how satisfied are these couples with the communication that happens do you think y'all could take a minute and if you can maybe conceptualize or explain what it looks like to have satisfying communication in a relationship yeah one of the things we talk about too is listening and I think that communication starts there. You have to know what your partner um, is thinking. You have to know what their hopes and dreams are. You have to know, you know, did they have a bad day? Did they have a good day? So those things, it's, it's active listening and it's paying attention and making eye contact and, and then responding and being there for them. So we, we talk a lot. Uh, we talk on the phone in the morning going to work. We talk on the way back. We talk when we're cooking. Mm. But we're always listening. And I think with communication, sometimes that's where it's missing. I agree. We, we use, for example, we use active listening in business, for example, for managers. So if you have any business students there, it's it's about the uh, they, uh, what they call active listening, where you you listen and then you respond back. So you're saying, and you and you you actively give it back to them. You you respond to them. Eye contact, those kind of things, where you where you're all in listening. And I think that's how you that's how you communicate as well. But it's also by asking the right questions about what you know. What do you want in life? What do you you know early on in a relationship? Because I think that's where you set the foundation. Is this do your dreams and desires match up? And is this somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with mm -hmm. and be happy? I'm so glad you brought up the idea of matching because as you were talking about communication, I was thinking about you know myself and I'm a very communicative person, obviously, <laughs> but not everyone's like that. And I don't think right. that that's I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if you have less communication as long as the quality of the communication is there and so i i think i, I would add i'd say yes and um if you're a person who you don't like talking on the phone all the time um and neither does your partner that might work but if you've got a mismatch there it's a potential issue because one person's going to feel like they're not getting enough and one person's going to feel like they're overexerting. and and that's something we'll talk about in future episodes but um but yeah, I, 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 I'm seeing, I'm seeing nodding like, like you agree. Yeah, so. True. <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah. We, I think the key is we started early and that's where we just kind of stumbled mm -hmm. on as, yeah. as, uh, as teenagers. But we, we sat down and kind of laid out our life plans. What we had never, never think we'd be together doing this, nope. but what of our life life plans, what are our dream, what are our dreams, yeah. career goals and mm -hmm. you know, it's personal. Yeah. Who do we want to get married? Do we want children? That kind of thing. 
And with that communication, we kind of, we, we laid out a, a foundation yeah. and realized that we actually matched up pretty well and, and learned to communicate well. Yeah, I think it's very important. Uh, and we're going to talk on this podcast in uh, three or four episodes from now, we're going to talk about something called matching hypothesis. And we're going to relate it to something called equity theory. And it's ex it's essentially what you all just said right there, but it's written in hoity-toity academic language. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to break one of your rules, and I apologize. Um, but I am going to hold your feet to the fire here. We've got these 15 rules, okay? 15's too much to go over on a podcast. Can you give me Three. What are the three things people must do to be satisfied in their relationships? I think you have to be best friends. You have to be friends and like each other. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the big things. We all, we all both agree on the jealousy thing. You have to overcome jealousy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really hard one to to. And yeah, yeah, when we talk about jealousy, there's there's a jealousy of the heart, the jealousy of, of someone paying attention to your to your friend, your best friend. But it's also about jealousy of a better career, more pay, yes. of you know, situation situation in life sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you've got to learn to get over that. You you're working as a team, you're working as a couple. And we get to the point where once the trust once we had the trust about jealousy of the heart. Uh, we used to rib each other like, "Hey, this guy's checking out. Look at this." You know, we we can actually have fun at it, and I think that's where. Um, and the other thing I, I, I think is you got to have fun, but you can have. If I can jump in and give you yep. a third one, perfect. Is you you have to have fun every day. Mm. The mundane, the, yeah. You know, we we talk in the book about some really horrible adventures or horrible days we had. Like a, we talk about this one day up in Nova Scotia, Canada. And, but we kept thinking, okay, well, we, got, we have a really good story here. We're going to have a really good story when this awful thing's over. <laughs> and, but we laughed we, through the whole day. We laughed through the whole day. It was awful. Uh, but, but we laughed doing the dishes together and cooking and folding laundry and that kind of thing. Yeah, burning, yeah, burning the, the food, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, don't do that. It's okay. Don't, don't I think burn that's the where food. You, you can't take it too seriously. And if I could throw in a fourth one, uh, or I can have a different one than she does, right? I'm allowed to. Throw in the fourth uh, one. It's my show. We can do what I want to do. You can throw in the fourth right, one. All right, all right. I'll add a fourth one there. But the drama, everyone takes themselves so seriously. They take their relationships mm. so seriously. And it is a serious thing. But you, you have to lighten up a little bit. If somebody says something, take a breath. If there's something you don't like, take a breath. No need to snap right back. If something, something happens, bite your lip walk away if you need to and then come back and that's probably one of the hardest things to do and i, I yeah. fail at it sometimes myself but it's one of the things where where words really can be extremely damaging and you've got to hold them in sometimes and yeah. and, and wait until you can until that adrenaline goes down yeah no i love that yeah. and, and and i have to say that the of the four things you talked about, we have episodes dedicated to all four of those things. <laughs> so it makes me very happy. They're you, big things. You talk about love and, and platonic love, the platonic love that you share with your life partner, right? And in the, in the communication discipline, we call that storge love, uh, which is love deeply rooted in friendship. And, and these are the relationships that tend to last the longest. 
And then if you talk about jealousy, we're going to have a whole episode of jealousy with Dr. Laura Guerrero, who literally wrote the book on jealousy. And um, jealousy and envy are two really important issues that need to be tackled, and they need to be tackled explicitly. So I think that that's a very important um, uh, couple of elements that you all listed there. And then, of course, uh, we're, we're going to get into <laughs> we're going to get into all sorts of things in terms of not taking yourself too seriously and incorporating humor. So I, I appreciate that. I think four is good. Fifteen down to four is a nice little summary <laughs> all right um, i'm ready to go with more if you need me no 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 let's let's keep it to four let's keep it to four people want to know listen if people want to know they can buy the book it's available right. at all retail outlets and it's again it's very reasonably priced it's a very enjoyable read it doesn't um, if you if you're familiar with the love languages book i like that book there are times where it gets a little too um into itself and and this book doesn't do that which i really appreciated it it doesn't read like a self-help book right it reads like a this is what this is these are some things that we've noticed that can potentially improve your life and you can choose to execute them in in a variety of ways if you want to so i like that i appreciate that um you talked a little bit uh just there in your previous answer about um overcome them my question for you, and feel free to answer this with any degree of honesty that you want to. My question is, have you ever noticed yourself, especially since you've written the book, have you ever noticed yourself slipping up and, and slipping away from one or more of, of, of these rules? And if so, what do you do to correct it? You want me to answer? I, like I said, I think the hardest thing is, is biting your tongue. I think that's, to me, yes. I have, I have a difficult time holding holding back sometimes when when i'm a little annoyed or something of that sort so yeah, not that we're perfect at it. we we might not have the answers in the book but it doesn't mean we're really good at it it says that we recognize yeah that there's certain things so yeah so certainly i, I think uh yeah yeah anything for you yeah we get we have bad days we have you know we're sad we're angry you know, things happen and you come home and you, and you're not in the, the best of mood. Um, but that's when, you know, we realize, okay, let's lean on each other. Let's talk, let's, you know, get past this. Yeah. Well, we do think about the book and the rules and, you know, what did we talk about? <laughs> you know, let's, let's do what we say what we're going to do. And yeah. I, I, Jamie, I think, I think an important thing to bring up too is when we lost, our daughter it was a really tough time and we talked about that in the book but we had so much respect for each other we had so much love for each other and we, and we liked our best friend that either one of us could have gone into a deep depression uh, and it was it was extremely hard not to right but we just sucked it up because it was the right thing to do for your friend because to, it would have been in a sense selfish to 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 um, get depressed, to, to if, show yourself off in the down, yeah. Then, then yeah. we let the other person down. Yeah. And the, the last thing I wanted to do was let Steve down. Sure. Um, but we still have bad days and, and, you know, and he knows when I'm having a bad day and I know when he's having a bad day and you just try to be the stronger person for them. Right. Right. And, and that's what we do. Uh, allow me to say that I'm so sorry for your loss on behalf of myself and all six of my listeners. Um, I really, I uh, do think that uh, it, it shows great strength to be able to do something like that. And and for those listening, uh, it is important to recognize that that 
all of all of the things that um, Janet and Steve just said are 100% true. And if you have gone through loss, it is important to understand that those feelings of, of depression and darkness, especially if you do not have someone to lean on, they're valid. And you're allowed to experience those things and cope with things in your own way. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about coping mechanisms later in the season, but uh, I do appreciate you all being vulnerable like that and sharing that story. And I think that was the only way it was that was helpful because we were we didn't want to let the other partner down and, and yeah we get it we talk about a book where we completely understand depression and mm-hmm. and um and how difficult it is but it, it's one of the things where we just kind of we pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps how it was extremely difficult mm-hmm. but uh just to try to maintain it for the partner mm-hmm. now i'm picturing the two of you uh, in the kitchen and someone's burned the roast and you're going you burned the roast and then the other one goes you wrote you wrote the chapter on not yelling you're not supposed to yell you wrote that chapter so that's that's all i can picture in my head now <laughs> Uh, last thing, the last thing I want to talk about today is I have to do the thing that I do and I have to bring communication and interpersonal theory into it. Um, as I read your book, I was struck by the amount of interpersonal communication theory incorporated into it. Now, I don't know if this was intentional or unintentional, but the two theoretical perspectives that I really see throughout the book are um, social exchange theory and the investment model. Are y'all familiar with either of those two theories? Yeah, we looked it up last night, but you might want to remind us. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I'm happy. I'm happy to. So, so social exchange theory is less of an actual theory. It is a theory, but it's more of a way of understanding communication. And it basically says that when people act, we are largely self-serving. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't take into consideration other people's thoughts and feelings, but that really we do almost always think of ourselves in addition possibly to other people, and we weigh the rewards and costs that people bring to us in our relationships. Now, the investment model is a little bit more specific to close relationships. It says that the things that increase commitment are investment, so how many physical, mental, emotional things and resources we've put into the relationship, investment one, two, relationship satisfaction, and then three, the quality of potential alternatives that we face. So we could be in a very dissatisfying relationship that we have invested almost nothing into. But if we look around and we don't see any other potential mates, we might stick with the person that we've got. And those two mentalities of exchanging rewards for costs and uh, the investing, the satisfaction, uh, the, 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 the quality of alternatives, all leading to increased commitment. I saw those permeated throughout your book, which is why when you emailed me and you were like, yeah, we want to be on the show. I was like, let me read the book first. And then I read it and I was like, this is so very much in line with everything that we're trying to do. So I appreciated that. Um, We've got just a couple of minutes left. Do you think that satisfaction and commitment do go hand in hand in the way that the investment model predicts? Or do you think that there's a little bit more there to parse out? I would think that there's a little more to parse out. <laughs> I no, I would. I disagree. With you. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think. It, I think it works because we talk about, for example, friendship. You know, it all starts with friendship. Mm-hmm. There's love and lust. Though, you know, at first you start a relationship with lust, but there's there love. But there's you have to like your partner. When you really like your partner, it's like a best friend. 
And so, yes, we're all self-centered creatures. However, it's also about you want, we talk about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, allowing your friend to have dreams. Just like your best friend in high school or, or elementary school, you want that person to, to also be satisfied. So I think, I, I think, yeah, I think it does because you care enough for that person that I, we don't call it sacrifice. We call it commitment, uh, commitment or, or what was the word I was, uh, um, we compliment, 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 compliment each other. Yeah. So I, I think, I think, yes, I think you can do both. Well, I love that. And next week, we're going to have Dr. Corey Floyd on the show. He is the author of a theory called Affection Exchange Theory. And it's just going to be such a beautiful, I wish we could do it right now, because it would be a beautiful blend to talk about all the things that you all brought up, as well as the things that we are going to bring up with him and the ways that we interact with each other. So to my guests, uh, Janet and Stephen Hall, I want to thank you so much for appearing on the show. Uh, it's really been a joy having you, and their book is available on Amazon. I hope you go out You've been it. listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.